yo, 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 it's your boy T, and I'm back with another episode of the ALT Podcast, man, yes, sir, it is November 17th, 6.40 p.m., and I got a nice little evening episode for you guys, so want you guys to get your popcorn, scrap your seatbelt, let's ride. <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk about is the NFL. Let's get the NFL out the way, you feel me? I just want to make a few points on that. <clears throat> and... I want to start off with Baker Mayfield. Like, I know everybody must have seen it. If not, I'm going to find it and share that bit on my Instagram. But Baker Mayfield was out there headbutting teammates with without a helmet on. And they got their helmets on. And it's like, why are you doing that? But that's who he is. I'm like, man. He tripping. He on that powder. But apparently, with all that being said, their QB1 is currently injured, which is PJ Walker. And Baker Mayfield is going to start on their next game. It's going to be nice. Man, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield high key. I think he's just a, just a guy. I'm not sure who they're facing. But most likely, I'm going to say that they're going to lose. But that'd be a good game. And good luck to them. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations to that boy Cam Newton. Uh, Not boy, you know what I mean? He's a grown-ass man. But Cam Newton just got signed by the New Orleans Saints. They said, yeah, 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 man. We're going to take you right now. We need a QB because our QB is just not getting it done. I, I believe they finally just gave up on Jameis Winston. Like, he just be throwing too many interceptions. Like, he's just a backup now. Andy Dalton, uh, his ceiling is really low. And, yeah, they just been struggling. So, Cam Newton, he said he's still able to play. Don't give him his chance. He comes with that spotlight. You know what I mean? A former first overall pick. Unanimous MVP of the league. Like, he's an icon in the neighborhood. We're going to see. We're going to see. I I think he could do it. I believe in Cam Newton. I'm not going to lie. I believe in Cam Newton, Brad. Because I know he's not what he used to be. But if he could this like third time's the charm like he got another chance i think he got this all right that's quick now to the nba to the nba i want to get this off my chest um i think the the timberwolves they uh looking pretty bad because they're just an average team and they made a lot of moves 
and are not seeing a lot of it pay out. I don't know. I don't know, bro. I was going to say they need to. This is what I was going to say. They need to completely rebuild around Anthony Edwards. I'm talking about completely rebuild around whatever he is comfortable doing immediately when he's ready they need to set that up around him so if he's comfortable like driving and kicking it out to a shooter like boom if he wants to just pull up for three he got people to rebound because he's he has a good size where he could play any position if he puts his mind to it if i'm being honest he could guard one through five at least one through four so i definitely feel like the nba is positionless basketball now like any position can do anything your size and body type has nothing to do with your skill set you know what i mean you could be a big man and just be draining threes we saw a cat win the three-point shootout or you could be a little man and be locking up on defense like we saw Marcus Smart do. It was the first point guard since Gary Payton back in the day to win defensive player of the year. And Marcus Smart, I give him that he really deserved it. He worked hard on defense. No Kizzy Affidy. That's a hard, hard award to win. And I believe now he just started a new wave. Now you see I, I'm gonna just put it in the 2K sense. You're gonna see a lot more perimeter lockdowns winning defensive player of the year or putting in on putting them clamps on don't sleep on jimmy <laughs> speaking of jimmy or should i say hemi butler hemi butler man that's what they call him <laughs> you see put them clamps on devin booker no cap Devin booker wanted the iso he's like iso iso he said i got this dude boom boom Jimmy said, get that little shit ass out of here, boy. Blocked it up. That was it. Game over. I have complete faith in Miami Heat, bro. Complete faith. Like, I just trust their culture. Um, That's my city, you feel me? But that has nothing to do with it. Being a fan has nothing to do with it. But I like the culture. I like the way they run their business. I like the the way they coach and like they're just their playing style of basketball. Like Kendrick Perkins says on ESPN, he calls them them goons from Dade County. They some hounds. They gonna get at you, and that's what we do. Jimmy Butler is not no. He's he's our best player. Him and Bam. I say Bam is the best player, but Jimmy is the most is the leader. And we just turn defense into offense. I think that's the way we play. We turn that defense into offense, baby. And that's both physically and mentally and psychologically. Because when we clamp you down on the physically defensive side, and then you see it turn around and turn it into a bucket, that gets into your mind. But I'm going to stop giving out Miami Heat tactics, you know what I mean? Can't be doing that. What I'm saying is... Seating makes a difference because, like, if you don't make it within, what, one through five, then six, seven, eight, and nine. No, I think it's one through six. Seven, eight, nine, ten are in the playing tournament. 
and oof, it's like sudden death pretty much to just make it into the playoffs and then the winners take the seventh and eighth seed and face the one and second seed Yo, whoever made the play-in tournament was such a genius moving on i want to talk about um somebody that's really shining and doing his thing under the radar and you don't really hear enough of is S G A S G A bro aka Shay What a lot of people don't know about S G A is that he's been nice like he been solid man uh i didn't watch him in college but i first started noticing him probably like a couple years ago this was before covid um when he was with the clippers he was still a young buck he had like his hair in the afro and but even then you could still see that he was he had nice handles he could finish at the rim like his finishing ability was just too nice like he had that nice finger roll touch um and then he could shoot as well so i already i always knew he was just a, like a young star in the making i think he was playing like back backup point guard to was it pat bev at the time but he was nice, man. You could tell. So now he's finally just getting the recognition and the opportunity that he's deserved. Like he's the star of OKC. Um, and he's playing like it. Like he's, in my opinion, he's playing at an MVP level. And if he continues this, he'll be in that conversation. Like the kind of the way DeMar DeRozan was making noise with Chicago last season. Um, he was in that MVP discussion, but he didn't win it. This is what SGA is doing. He's putting himself into that discussion. I don't know if he's going to win it because, you know, the competition's tough, man. You got people like Stephen Curry that's just balling out of his mind. Um, I, I looked this up. Um, SGA, he's hooping. And as far as points per game, like just every game, how many points he's making, you know, players, they're making points in the 30s, 40s, 50s now. SGA is fourth in the league right now in points per game. So out of all players, he's making the fourth most points. And that's only behind Luka Doncic, Stephen Curry, and Joel Embiid fourth is SGA so that just tells a lot about how much he's grown as a player he's improved as a player and just how good he's playing so I'm sure people thought OKC was just like a lottery team this season even though they had Shet home grid where I think like the second overall pick and unfortunately he got hurt he's out for the season but like OKC man the future is bright and I've been saying this quite a lot now. And I really believe a lot of teams, they have bright futures. Off rip, OKC, New Orleans Pelicans, 
Utah Jazz. Um, that's just three right there. But a lot of teams got bright futures, man. So the NBA is in good hands. And now you got to put OKC in there. OKC, they got bright futures too. Basically, all the teams that traded away good stars and people thought they weren't going to do much, they are doing stuff because if you in the NBA, you could hoop. And a clear example is the Utah Jazz. Who would have thought the Utah Jazz gave away their two best players, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And they're like one of the best teams in the NBA currently. That's crazy. They don't have a, a number one option. They just play good basketball, move the ball around, play good defense, and they just play with 100% effort. So we don't know how that's going to translate in the playoffs once that starts, because when the playoffs start and you need a bucket, you better have your go-to player that's going to get you that bucket. But for right now, it's pretty good, man. We still early in the season, so let's see what happens. But as far as SGA... Like I said, I saw the the potential when he was with the Clippers, and now he's just getting that opportunity. So he's balling out. Good luck to them, man. So, and then lastly, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this ep- this episode up. I want to wrap it up with the Brooklyn Nets, man. The drama in Brooklyn. It seems like it's just never ending, but. There's just a few points that I want to make. And I want to say that KD, in my opinion, had nothing to do with the Nets' new head coach. Which is very good. Because before, like, even like the past couple seasons, since KD's been to Brooklyn, I feel like out of respect, the management has run every decision by KD. They say, oh, well, how do you feel about this decision? How do you feel about that decision? Do you approve? No. And I think if KD doesn't approve of stuff, more than likely they weren't, you know, allowing it. But the Nets, they got this new head coach. Um, I forgot his name. But at first he was the interim head coach. He started doing well. Now he's the official head coach for the remainder of the season. So that brings a level of stability to the locker room. Um... I saw in some videos KD congratulating him for becoming head coach. Like, you get that. It looked genuine. So, like, they just want to hoop. My only concern now is how will Kyrie respond to this new head coach? Because, you know, Kyrie back in his day, he's always kind of like been throwing shots and blows at the coaches saying we don't need a coach. Being just straight up disrespectful. So this is how I feel. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets front office and management and all that, when it's time for Kyrie to return, if I sense or see or feel any defiance from Kyrie, like towards the um, like the head coach and just straight up management, bruh, immediately I'll be looking for a ways to trade him and see what type of good value we could get in return. You know, to just continue building around KD. Because at this point, man, Kyrie's drama is just too much. Like I said in the last episode, like whatever he believes in, 
his religion and beliefs like i'm not here to talk about none of that the only thing that bothers me about Kyrie is that it's affecting your availability man like if we could put it into simpler terms imagine your your job you have a nine to five job and uh and you go to school or, as well or something <laughs> hopefully this is a good example that i'm about to give but you go to school and now you give your job your availability that okay i won't be able i won't be available these days because i'm, I'm i have class and they're like okay so now the days you tell them you are available when it's time for you to show up now you're bringing up excuse after excuse be like oh i'm sorry i can't make it because my school is doing like some special event another time like you it's constantly an excuse and that's kind of like how i feel is wrong with Kyrie. like nobody's bashing you for having your own beliefs the only problems that have arose uh, these past couple weeks is because within your beliefs and talking you've offended other people now that's a no-no like i that's where i disagree like don't be offending people and even if you don't mean to offend people if you once you find out that you've offended people like just apologize that's it it's not that hard apologize you didn't mean to so that's all it is man it's reaching that point where if Kyrie's being too much of like a disturbance to the players like get his ass out of there man so and then i want to go back to kd I want to give Kevin Durant, man, mad props, bro. Mad props. Just seeing how he was when he first started his career uh, with the Seattle Supersonics. Shoot, most of y'all don't even know that, bro. I just went way back. But yes, KD, when he first started, they were still called the Seattle Supersonics. And then eventually they changed their name to the OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder. But from back then, he wasn't really talking too much. He was... He didn't really want to like take blame for the actions and he wasn't really a leader he just wanted to come and hoop but now if you see him when he talks during post-game interviews he, he talks about the team he talks about the players he talks about what he did wrong what the team can improve on like he's not singling anybody out or pointing fingers like he's saying we got to do better i got to do better and that's what you want from your leader from the star on your team so I like how, I mean, because, you know, KD is older now. So most of the time he is the the oldest, like one of the oldest players on the team. So he's, there's a lot of young guys that are looking up to him. So that, I like that from KD, man. He's in, he Kevin Durant is embracing the leadership role in Brooklyn. I don't know how long that's going to last because there's so much talks about him wanting out. And even though they settled it, he still might want out or eventually they might even just trade him. But for right now, what I'm seeing, I like what I'm seeing. And I feel like better days are coming for Brooklyn. Let's say that. Better days are coming for Brooklyn. So, yeah, man, that's about it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Pretty much touched everything I wanted to touch on. I want to thank you guys for joining me on yet again another episode. And before we end off... You know I gotta hit you with that positive note And that positive note is simply this Balance is not something you find It's something you create Boom 
Love you guys. Until next episode. AOT. Peace.